Welcome to the Building Big Things podcast with me, Sri Lata. If you are listening to this podcast, you are a person who has an innate, burning desire for freedom. You're in technology, you're in finance, you're in consulting, in real estate, in healthcare, in services. You have figured out how to make good money. Now you want to figure out how to buy yourself the freedom to do it when you want, at the pace you want. This is the show. This is the show for you. Building Big Things. My name is Sri Lata, and I'm a data scientist turned full-time multifamily investor. The last six years, I have relentlessly pursued passive income through apartments, and I'm almost at my target cash flow, and I want that for you. This is the show that's going to give you real-life strategies broken down step-by-step along with a side of inspiration to help you build that apartment portfolio that's going to generate a multi-six-figure income. This podcast is going to walk you through how to take your nest egg and turn it into a perpetual cash flow machine. Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Building Big Things podcast with me, Sri Lata. Today we have a very special guest. His name is James Kandasamy, and I actually know how to say your last oh, name. Oh yeah, you're saying it perfectly. <laughs> I know, because I'm from India too, so and my husband is Tamil, so oh, we have okay. James Kandasamy here today, and he is the founder of the Achieve Investment Group. He has plenty of years of real estate experience. He does multifamily value-add investing, and he built a portfolio of over 180 million of multifamily investments. And he runs the execution of this along with his wife, Shanti. And they have had some gangbuster returns for their investors over the last five to six years. So we're excited to have him here. And we're going to talk more about him and the market that he operates in, in Texas, which is poised to be the next hottest market over the next five to 10 years. So this is something you don't want to miss today. So welcome to this episode and welcome, James. Hey, I'm happy to be here, doing very well. And thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. Yes. So start out by telling us a little bit about what you and Shanti do together and how things have evolved for you from when you started to today. Sure, sure, sure. She absolutely do the harder part of the work, right? So (laughs) so, thank uh, you for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I do the easier one, right? So, well, we own like 2000 units on a syndication, right? But we are the primary GP. Actually, we are the only GP in, in the deals and a lot of passive investors invest with us. We started like almost seven years ago, focusing a lot in Austin and San Antonio market. Okay. Uh, Central Texas, and we're expanding. Uh, but, you know, this is what we have been doing. Um, class B and C, workforce housing. Now we are buying more Class B. Uh, I'm also venturing to ground up construction as well, uh, you know, just to keep things going and also looking at that opportunity as well. So my wife, Shanti, she does the operation and the construction management, which is the harder part. Uh, we are vertically integrated company. We have asset management, property management, everything in-house, right? And yeah. I do the easier part of finding the deal and finding the money and underwriting deal, which is not right. that easy, especially finding a deal, but still easier yeah. than operations. 
Correct. Correct. Yeah, for sure. So when you started out, did you start out just as you and her buying properties and then you moved to syndication or did you always yeah, start we, out as syndication? No, yeah, we started with single family buying, you know, buying houses in San Antonio. We had like 13 houses on our own. Okay. And it just got too much. You know, single family is, uh, you know, which is hard to scale. Hard to scale. Sometimes you can be busy for nothing kind of thing. right? So, But <laughs> right. it's all yours, right? It's all yours. And, and yeah. if, you, if you like building your own, you know, real estate on your own, yeah, you can do that, right? But a lot of people are busy, right? A lot of your listeners are W two employees and they are busy with their life. You know, if you are a doctor, engineer, lawyer, they do not want to give up doctor and go into real estate, right? So they can invest passively into syndication where we buy bigger things like you know apartment complexes. So we had like thirteen houses and we moved to you know first forty five units apartment complex and then now we have like almost two thousand units. So uh, the way we have been doing it is we just we raise money from people who want to invest passively with us and we become the general partner. We are the controlling partners and they become the yeah. passive investors. And that's how we have been uh, able to scale and help a lot of investors as well out there who want to get yeah. into the real estate game but they're not able to get because they're just so busy with their own work. Yeah. And that's exactly what I say too is like if you really want to get into investing and you don't have the time at least put your money in a syndication. Be- Otherwise, it'll be five years before you realize, oh, actually, I didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, because, you know, people are very familiar with investing in the stock market, especially here in California. Their company probably gives them some stock and they're personally probably also, you know, putting money in a 401k or something. But at some point, they start to realize that, you know, they need diversification and they need real estate for some tax shielding or mm. for growth. And so, so it's really important that at some point, you know, you do need to diversify into real estate. And if you don't, if you can't do it on your own, it's okay to invest yeah, with someone who yeah. knows what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, stock market by the company. I mean, I'm a tech guy as well. 22 years in corporate employee. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, when, when, when a company gives you stock, don't think it's a great thing. They're actually yeah. giving you a handcuff. It's called a golden handcuff. Exactly. Right? Because yes. they don't give you, then it doesn't mature that, that day, right? They say it's going to mature slowly every year, right? What they're right. saying is, I'm going to give you a handcuff for the next five years, because every time you want to leave, you'll think that, okay, I have another 3,000 stock going to be expiring next year. Yeah. So it's actually a golden handcuff, right? So don't think companies are giving for free, you know, in exactly. the stock market. I mean, I realized it after some time because whenever I want to leave my company, I say, oh, next quarter, I'm going to get a bonus. And this year, I'm going to get it. So I can never leave because, you know, you have greed, right, inside you, right? So that's the, sure. that's the strategy the companies play, you know, after they say, I'm not going to give you any more pension. They say, okay, let's do this, you know, 401k, you yeah. know, the golden handcuff of giving stocks uh, that matures so slowly, right? So, and and stock market but, is nothing bad. I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's really good investment option as well. It's just for, not for the normal people like you and me. Yeah. And most of our audience, they are all retail people, right? The big guys, the, the REITs and the institutional guys are the ones who's playing. You see the, yeah. what happened yeah. to GameStop, right? That's Exactly, that's yeah. <laughs> just over the last few months, we know that we have no power over the yeah, stock market. Yeah, it's yeah. volatile. And we personally have no control. And that's yeah. the beauty of real estate. You have a lot more control, able to project the outcome as mm-hmm. you know as much as possible without as much volatility as the stock mm. market. Yeah. And, and a lot of people can argue with you and me, say, hey, I yeah. made a lot of money for the past five years in stock market. But actually, I can tell you, it's all by luck. Yeah. You didn't control that company. You predicted something and the company happened. And you know, the Fed printed so much money. Everybody's putting into stock where they don't know where else to put. Everybody's sitting at home. Don't know where to spend. There's no vacation. They put in Bitcoin. They put in stocks, right? So that's why it's going up. Okay, it's not because you are smart, right? Yeah. And I I was playing the stock market as well. I'm an engineer. I thought I can solve this big puzzle. Let's go and look or do this analysis. You know, candlestick. I bought so much of technical analysis book. Try to solve it, but later I realized 
every stock i buy at 10 o'clock in the morning at 11 o'clock it dive deep right they yeah, yeah. go down and i get very scared and start selling it at yeah. 12 o'clock it went back up so it <laughs> happens all my stocks happen like then i realize all these big guys actually playing the small guys like me right so i said yeah. <laughs> then i read the a big article a very credible article i don't know whether washington post or wall street journal what they say 90% of normal retail investors never actually make money in stock market so you know, then that's the time i realized okay it's not for me i rather go and do something that i have yeah. control and and yeah. it's also a diversification strategy right between the investors right so stock markets your probability of you getting higher returns higher correct but your return can be higher but the probability of making that higher return is lower correct. right whereas in real estate you have slightly lower return than stock market but the probability of you getting that return is much much higher right so correct so risk versus a reward thing right so yes. but, but as a normal person you should be investing in both or investing in one which you really like right and uh, that's what i would encourage uh, you know any of your listeners yeah absolutely and that brings me to the the next question so you've been investing mm-hmm. in the texas market how have you seen the market change and what are you doing differently to to prepare for the next upcoming like upswing in the yeah, next there's few no years. upswing texas has already been swinging for a very long time really. don't say that because that's what we said in the san francisco area like 10 years ago and it's is still, it still going, going up in san francisco it's still oh, i mean single family market is multi family is kind yeah. of plateaued um, single family is all over the nation right and exactly, yeah. it's going up because there's just not much of inventory inventory the, exactly and, uh, as i said people have too much money right now right they, yeah. they're not traveling anywhere yeah government's printing so much money if you look at it, you know 60 80% of all the money that being given as stimulus check didn't go to the poor go to the normal people like average and you know high yeah. income so so what do they do they invest in houses they buy houses yeah. and a lot of people didn't lose house at, at uh, didn't Correct. lose their income or job at this level right only the poor people yeah. who are on a paycheck right the restaurant people who are all they are the one who who suffering at this time so what all this Correct. you know medium to higher income earners everyone do, else is investing yeah investing in stocks yeah. and bitcoin and all that so everything is going up right so right. so single family it is going to going to go up as long as the government is printing and i think it's going to just going to keep on going up uh, because of inflation as well right so yeah but i think texas have is has this big run right the good thing about texas is stable right like san mm-hmm. francisco it'll go up very high and one day it'll disappoint because it'll come down very very low as well but, but texas sure. doesn't do that right texas is always like goes up very high when it comes down it doesn't come down a lot right yeah. i mean i came to texas in 2010 and they said it's everything is recession but i i looked around there's no no recession what are you everybody <laughs> everything is normal right yeah. prices drop maybe like 8% or 10% maximum right correct so, so you just write stable. it out and you're fine Yeah, yeah yeah because everybody start moving right i mean when prices are goes up yeah. everybody from you know california west coast everybody yeah there are cushions back <laughs> yes yes <laughs> that's the well, thing about hopefully texas. someday texas won't get to the point where it starts to become could unfeasible. be could be but yeah. uh, you know texas is such a large state the growth is just going sideways yeah, yeah. sideways or, or and, north and yeah, south yeah and i think I, and i think it's very business friendly i mean um absolutely so you know just business wise that's why you know like elon musk move here right because yeah business yeah and even want. construction like getting permits and getting through the city entitlements all that is much much faster mm-hmm. than yeah. out there than over here here it takes 2 years to get something entitled so why yeah, would anyone correct. want to spend that kind of time and money to just hold on correct correct um, so anyway yes, to yes, back correct. to your point so how is multifamily doing right now in texas and is it harder to find deals as you know as people uh, absolutely it's harder to find not only in texas everywhere in the nation everywhere. right so yeah. if you're finding a deal that means either it's not a good deal or it's not a deal that 
<laughs> that in somewhere in the middle of nowhere right if you're able yeah. to find deal easily right so yeah uh so, yeah but we 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 still get deals uh, but we have to use a lot of our relationship and we are local players here right so it's, mm-hmm. you know there's a lot more yeah you're you more a, of a, a brand for, yeah and a brand and uh, the brokers need to give it to us right because one day we have to sell all our properties back to them right Correct. rather than giving to someone in the middle of nowhere coming right. in just buying one deal they rather give it to people who have like 10 deals in the local market because Correct. they know that if i take care of this if, if this owner one He's day he might sell all his 10 deal back to us right. yeah buy again and sell also right sell is the easy part nowadays yeah right? so yeah yeah, yeah so we do have that advantage uh, but still very hard i mean there's a lot yeah. of tell us what kind of value add you do to your properties we do all kind of value add we do interiors we do exterior but primarily we look for something that we can buy below market value today mm-hmm. Let's okay. say if it's 100000 a door we like to buy like 80 a door 70 a door okay and end up at market yeah yeah okay yeah. and then right right to the market once we fix the operational issues got it got it right that's what we look for so we look for you know expense reduction and income increase by you know by doing a exterior and interior units uh, improvement got it you want to go in detail i can go into detail yeah 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 <laughs> Let, let's do it yeah because let's i mean okay. we are we are focusing on value add so we really like and and my husband and i also built our you know portfolio based on value add here in san francisco in in the area awesome. so we did a lot of gut stuff gut reno we did layout changes we turned one bedrooms to two bedrooms all wow. kinds of things storage units and uh into you know like laundry yeah. units into doing it units. in san francisco i mean uh, I, all I, kinds I, of things so i have to give you and your husband a lot of respect because you know it's uh, it's very hard to do in the, in a in a more expensive market right it is so we do a lot of value add so usually we do like you know at least 3 to 4000 dollars of value add where we go and change fixtures uh you know electrical fixtures plumbing fixtures to right. new uh, two ton uh two tone painting you know new um new faucets uh, and um, you know we usually we change appliances as well just to, if the appliances are bad we like to change that right and new flooring if the flooring is bad so it costs like 3 to 4000 dollars just for interior right yes. come exterior there can be you know exterior painting if it's really dated you know we fix any concrete leveling issues because that's a safety issues and right. uh, if there's any uh, you know carpentry issues we also fix that on the exterior side so we do that we don't do the the one that the more daring thing that you mentioned break into two rooms yeah room. <laughs> yeah we don't you don't need to do that <laughs> yeah we don't need day. to do that because most of the time we should be able to just you know yeah. just remodel whatever existing right so although right. i'm doing a hotel to multifamily conversion project you right are. now yeah. okay yes, yeah i yes, want to hear right, more about right. that but, uh, but i'm 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 still not breaking any hot, any walls and all that because okay this hotel is like already set up as a multifamily so you know it's a okay. l- very very less work in terms of uh, converting it so but still have to go through it it's a three months process uh, are you doing a rezoning yeah yeah we're okay. doing a rezone okay rezone and it's and uh, is it separately well. metered i might actually know the property <laughs> <laughs> no it's not separately metered it's uh, all okay. one it's all one metered right so uh, okay okay um so we can run we can do a rubs okay. which is called a ratio yeah we can do um, right. uh we can just run it as a all bills paid uh, yeah. but it's a very interesting play right because hotels are yes. in right now yes and multi family is doing pretty well right so yeah my husband and i are doing a hotel conversion in albuquerque uh, new mexico oh ah, cool yeah cool. um are Based you keeping the, them as Studios or are you converting studios? Them? And we have we do have some two bedroom as well because there are some part Suites. of the hotel which has uh, yeah it's it's a mm-hmm. called a two bedroom condos. Oh okay, got it. 
So it's already a condo. So that should be an easy, uh, easy conversion. Conversion. Right? Just say multifamily. Yeah. Everything else is going to be studio. What about you? I mean, are you breaking walls and doing? All no, that? no. We're keeping them as studios. They were okay. about three, four, fifty-ish square feet. So they're smaller. I mean, they're smaller studios, but in them, in that market, it works. So we decided mm. to just keep them as studios. That's very daring of both of you doing it. I, I respect that. So because not many people do that, right? So like for me, I'm a local operator. We have all kind of vertically integration. I, be, I daringly can do it, right? So, but yeah, everybody yeah, talks yeah. about it. I'm sure you go around on Facebook, everybody say, hey, what can we convert hotel to multi? Yeah, but, but how many actually, actually do it? it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the math really does work out though. Oh, yeah. Because absolutely. your price per door is like, much lower Super than lower. a multifamily acquisition. Correct, yeah. correct, yeah. correct. And it's, you, you, you know, it, like not many people knows about it too, right? So correct. And you have to go uh, through the city, and zoning is mm-hmm. is, is, yeah. is a, it's a is process, a new but beast. that's okay, right? It's a process, yeah. right? But that's okay. Rather yeah. than going and going to this bidding war process where you do self bidding, right? Yes. <laughs> and you overpay yeah. compared to everyone else, and you turn around to investors say that I actually underrode it conservatively. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy, right? <laughs> you don't want to do that. I mean, if if the market is moving in a certain direction, you might as well find new opportunity to mm-hmm. make better returns. Yeah. So yeah. very good. Well, congratulations on that. Did you close already, or is no? It, no, I still go no, into zoning process right now. Okay, got I think, it. Uh, you just got a month. long close of escrow. Yeah, likely next month is the planning and zoning, and after that it's the city council. So, city but we already meeting. done the due diligence. We're we're still doing a bit more due diligence, more things because we're changing use, right? So yes, yeah. Uh, but we have a so long. It, uh, we have a. Did long it allow time. multifamily by right, and you're just changing? Yeah, use? some part of it, as I said, the two-bedroom condo in that hotel lot's already zoned multifamily. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. So it's much easier to hmm. convert it to you yeah. Know, so it was kind of partially done. Now you need to change the full use. Correct. Correct. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So my next question is, you know, what do you kind of look for like in your market, like within the Texas market, is there a certain income threshold? What are you looking for? So we definitely not looking for any crime rate area, high yeah. crime rate area. So that one, absolutely no. Once I get a deal, I usually look for, you know, where is this, where is this location first, right? Is it yeah. high crime in, or if it's in a, you know, is it a place where people are living? Yeah. Some pocket of the city, you know, you'll see like nobody's really living. For some reason, there's yeah. very few people living. I don't do that kind of deal, right? So okay. yeah, household income, yeah, absolutely. But then I go into the detail and see why is this guy selling? What's the story behind it, right? right. Why is it coming yeah. to me and not going yeah. to, you know, not going to anyone else, right? So I like to look at story behind it. So at least I can justify my time and effort to, Right. into underwriting that deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do, right. do you are you okay with kind of outer lying, like gentrifying areas that yeah. are close yeah. to yeah. development, things like yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as long as the numbers make sense, yeah. as long as the growing area, as long as low crime rate area, and as long as the household income has buffer, buffer. to support yeah. the rent. Yeah, that's right. all you look so for. That, that's important. How much of a buffer do you need? Usually we look for a couple of hundred dollars of rent potential bump. Bump. Yeah. Compared to what the household income in that area versus the yeah. the rent on that property or my performer that I'm getting. So let's say for example I'm getting eight hundred dollars right now, and I can go and go to nine hundred. I want to have the household income that can support up eleven hundred yeah. or twelve hundred. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So at your new income, you look for three times that as their annual income, mm-hmm. and if if it can support that, then mm-hmm. that's that's a good enough yeah. offer. Yeah, yeah. And also, I want to make sure that it has value add in it, right? There's potential for value add. That's yeah. important. Yeah. I mean, I assume if you are buying less price per door, the assumption is that there is some 
upside well to you price know. per dollar is a very misleading indicator so i don't like to use that i know a lot of people uses that it, i only use it selectively and i'm sure you do too <laughs> yeah. right yeah, only yeah. Unless, to your advantage to no not only to advantage if you know the local market advantage local market price per dollar that's okay but you can't like like hotel price per dollar right you can't say okay. 20 a dollar is a good deal right? because that could be a very small unit right yes right yes. so but you know but if you can get 20 a dollar but you can you have potential to pay a dollar yeah yeah that's the value add right so yeah. but you know can be very misleading because end of the day it's still income that drives the value of Correct. the property so Correct. price per door can be misleading in the sense that it can look artificially low or artificially high yeah. depending on uh the income but the truth is the income is what really drives absolutely. the value absolutely absolutely um, so yeah thank you for clarifying that tell us a little bit i think you i i read an article of yours where you said you know there's a there's there's a lot of multifamily bought, being bought and we're moving into the financing space a little bit in in this conversation where their people are buying at very low interest rates and or interest only loans and potentially in the future uh, that could turn out to be not so good idea at the time of refinance or at a stage where they need to refinance and that can wipe out their existing cash on cash returns yeah yeah i wrote that article like 2 years ago oh was it 2 uh, years ago yeah okay. it was 2 years ago and that's what's happening right now if you see it's all the people right who are sell- yeah if yeah. i said people are selling right now you know they were they were enjoying all the cash flow because they were interest only right uh, but now all their interest only is expired so what do they do right you're on covid and you don't have much cash flow now you are stuck right so your yeah. income has dropped and mm-hmm. you are, so you have a double whammy right now your Correct. income has dropped your delinquency is high and your ios expired so what do you do you have to sell right yeah. so that's what's happening right now a lot of sellers are selling because of that the io expired and there's a lot of newbie as well i think i mentioned in the article everybody start buying multifamily and yeah you have to know what you're doing right but io is the biggest thing and i think that's a trap that was given by the financing uh, lending agencies themselves yeah yeah like 2008 that's they that they, they are the one who caused the crash right the same Correct. thing that they did yeah. that io loan because io loan has existed for a long time but after 2015 it's become norm for everybody yeah. Yeah. It used to be like and it's not even a bridge where it's interest only for a few years and then it becomes uh, uh you know a permanent it's just interest only. Yeah, just interest only, right? For 3 4 years interest only and after that when it's expire you're hit with the principal amortized uh, value and you have to be really strong cash flowing otherwise your cash flow is going to drop significantly. Correct. Correct. Well, unless you refinance again. <laughs> well, if you can refinance, right? But the thing is uh, a lot of times they can't refinance. Can't, yeah. All these people have taken Fannie and Freddie right loans which is mm-hmm. a high prepayment penalty, right? So they can't refinance. They have to sell. Yeah. Sell, you have to pay penalty and all that. So you may not be able to make a lot of money at the end of the day. Right. So how do you for example hedge in your in- investment assets against something like that? So we buy as I said we buy a lot of value add deal on day one itself there's a lot of value add so yeah. in the next two years even before IO expired we try to push our income. unlock that equity yeah, yeah quickly as possible so that when when IO hits uh, mm-hmm. you know at least the cash flow is still there right I can tell my investor hey we still have cash flowing yeah uh, we are amortizing right now but you know if, if you can sell is good but we can't sell because of penalty right yeah. the interest rate drop and our penalty went up so much So uh, we hedge all our bets on in 2019 where we move everything to long term loans. We didn't do any okay. bridge, right? Which okay. now I think we could have done a bridge loan because prices are so high. But I felt right. that hindsight 2020 is all about risk mitigation. Mitigation. 
Yeah, that's and right, I said yeah. I'm just going to move to long-term loan because that's what happened when market crash. Yes. You don't have any other loan to refinance, right? Correct. So, so I yeah. uh, purposely chose not to do any bridge loans, uh, 2019 okay. onwards. Yeah, and you still haven't till today. No, no. Everything. No. Today I will do a bridge loan because now I know market may pick up again. We are back in the lower cycle. Got it. You mean you wouldn't have done one last year, but you would do one this year? Is that yeah, yeah. This year yeah. because I know after this, you know, we are getting out of this COVID thing. You know, market yes. recovering. So right. I know we are on upswing from now onwards. Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all the people who are predicting, what did you, what did you think would happen with COVID, and did it happen? So when COVID really happened, I thought that okay, I know COVID is happening, but I don't think so. This is a big thing. Yeah. I think there's something going to happen after COVID. Okay. Right, which may happen even now, right? So okay. Like, like all oh, this no, money. Oh no, James. <laughs> but but multifamily yeah. keep on going up, right? So yeah. I don't think there's a multifamily specific specific problem, yeah. uh, problem going to be happening. I right. think it's just so much money out there. You know, a lot of people are on forbearance. Even for single time. family, there's a lot of forbearance. Right. Uh, people are not selling because everybody got forbearance, right? Everybody. But at some point, everybody's just going to say, "I can't pay this house loan anymore." Right. and we're going to let go all our currency is going to depreciate because so much of money printing happened pumped into the economy right yeah. so the inflation yeah. is going to go up right which is good for real US. estate yeah <laughs> right because yeah yeah you want your money up. in those assets at this point in yeah, time yeah yeah and bad for people who are w2 right? right i mean if yeah. you're listening to w2 you're you're not going to your boss is going to not going to say inflation went up by 5% i'm going to increase your pay by 5% they all going to be right. flat but yeah we as landlord that's why i say you have to invest with you and me right so yeah. we have rent goes up because everybody's income goes up right they have more disposable income right. so we can charge more rent but our yeah. mortgage is fixed yeah right so that's the buffer you get when inflation uh, comes up yeah landlord and real estate people wins yeah absolutely and you hit on a very important point that you know a lot of newbies or maybe maybe fearful of downturns in the economy or changes in the economy and i think what uh, putting in for long term permanent financing is 100% a really really good way to hedge against all of those things because all you need to do is make sure you have some cash reserves in the bank and uh, to ride out any hard times and you that's all you need most of the people who fall into hard times in multifamily in in downturns are people who need to refinance and they're forced to sell and that's the worst time you want to be forced to sell correct, correct. is when you're already in a downturn and that's the one that puts you in the worst kind of position so yeah. uh, you hit on a very good point there i think there was one other question that i wanted to ask you about so we talked about markets we talked about with the kind of value at investing you do tell us a little bit about are you continuing to be bullish on the austin market or are you thinking of even going oh, i'm bullish on austin market is this whether you can buy it buy a deal yes yes on all right so that's right Yeah, I've been trying to chase. I'm trying to buy and deal at forty thousand a door for five past five years in Austin, and all that forty thousand a door has become hundred two hundred thousand a door. Yeah, people are still yeah. buying, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an appreciation play. It's not something that I'm I'm comfortable. I'm doing. trained. I'm trained to do it. My right. mindset is always about cash flow and appreciation, right? By yes. Most deals doesn't really cash flow, right? So yes. Yeah, Austin is it's going to keep on so going. So where crazy. where do you are you going north of Austin? Are you going south? Are you which around, way are you going? Around around. I mean, so I. So most of my deals are in San Antonio with one in Austin, right? But we are looking at Austin. We're trying to do some ground-up construction in Austin. That's the backdoor entry, right? So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Would you do build? Uh, would you do the you know turn around and sell it, or would you do the build to rent? Stuff? No, build to rent stuff. Yeah. Rent. Like okay. we are long-term. We are long-term players. We are not short-term okay. players. I mean, yes. There's many okay. different thought process on it, but we like yeah. we like to uh, do it long-term. But 
but austin is my backyard you know we do, we do get deals uh, yeah. but a deal i mean anybody can get a deal right? but whether a deal is able to be syndicatable or not that's another story right you correct know? because yeah. the returns on expectation from the investors are at the certain threshold and right. when you know for example a mom and pop investor comes in they just want to give it to their kids or they want to make right. some money off of it it's a lot less than what an investor or a right. syndicator would be looking for as an as their minimum Mm-hmm. So that's what makes these markets kind of hard too. Is, yeah, uh, yeah. But Austin is going to go. It's going to keep on going up. I mean, for the next two years, it's a bit oversupplied right now. Yeah. There's so many supplies. Looking at the data, it's a bit oversupplied, and because of that, a slightly negative rent growth happening in Austin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rent growth. Okay. Yeah. So I know it's cool, but you know yeah. you have to look at the data, right? It's all based on. Correct. Data. But the sellers still want the price they want, so that's yeah. That's why yeah. there's a problem. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so, but you know, but people are still okay buying because you know they know it's a long-term play. Right. Everybody loves Elon Musk and Apple, and they yeah. think it's all going to move. Which I think it as well. I mean, I live nearby to the Apple growth place, and I, okay. I, I'm happy. At least my house equity is going up. But right. for an investment, that's a different story, right? So correct, correct. And do you see most of the growth moving north of Austin, or which direction? Uh, north, are you, do you north, feel like? and east, and southeast. Okay. Okay. That's where the growth are happening, right? If you look yeah. at the data. What about Buda and Kyle and things like that? Would you go into those markets? Uh, yeah, I'll go in as long as the you know the price the is, works. Uh, yeah. price works, right? But you know, yeah. uh, but the growth is happening on the north side. Okay. And on the east side and on the southeast side. Okay. Okay. And right. what about San Antonio? San Antonio is happening a lot on the uh, northwest and also on the northeast. Okay. It's where the growth is happening, right? Right. Um, Uh, San Antonio is a l- lot more cash flow market. It doesn't appreciate as much as Austin. Austin does, yeah. Uh, it's not as cool as Austin, right? But yeah, let me take that back. Whether it's appreciate much as actually, if you look at all my deals, it actually did appreciate as much as Austin. It just okay. people don't really see it as a cool factor. Everybody's like Austin <laughs> cool factor, right? So, yeah, yeah. And um, but it it's still a pretty it's still a pretty good market, right? Do you feel like people are migrating from Austin down to San Antonio? It's a yeah. It's technically what thirty forty minutes. Right. No, uh, it's longer like than that. One hour drive, one hour. An hour, drive. okay, okay. Yeah, that's like three hundred fifty-six people moving to Austin every day, right? Right. I think San Antonio. It like, it has to grow, is what you're saying, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Austin, yeah. No, if you look at Austin, like we live on the northwest side, there's a lot of mountains and hills. It's very nice, actually. It's not. But like you can't much. go that much further. Is yeah, that what you're saying? yeah. You can't go yeah. too much to the west side because it's yeah. all hilly. But yeah. on the east side is more flat, and that's where I think there's a lot more growth going to happening. Got it. On the north north side as well. Yeah. Yeah, which makes sense with, to your point. Uh, there's nothing to buy there, right? So you have to build there if you want to make that work. <laughs> you can buy, but you don't don't expect to get any cash flow from it, right? Right, so, right. Uh, you'll be the most expensive guy paying, and you know we want to be we want to say conservative. Yeah. And you can't go and tell your investors that I just want a deal in a bidding war with uh, in Austin. Right? <laughs> we are conservative. Eh? People know out of thirty people, you are the most aggressive guy. That's right. That's why you got <laughs> right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you want to go and turn around and tell your investors I'm the most conservative, right? So, yeah, yeah. So, Interesting. Uh, it's all about you know what you sell to your investors and how comfortable you are. I know a lot of people who do syndication. They tell all their investors, "This is an appreciation play. Don't expect any cash flow. You want to invest, you invest. Otherwise, it's fine." And people do invest. Yeah, people do still do invest. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> yeah, that's where the the individuals, you know, sponsors mindset comes in. It's like, what values do you have, and what is your strategy? 
And if your strategy is a more of a risk mitigation strategy, you probably attract that kind of investors. And if your strategy is more of an appreciation play, you probably attract those kind of investors who are probably single family, also appreciation investors. And they're like, okay, I'll just throw some money in here because yeah, yeah. it's it's in alignment with what I would have already done. So yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that because I also came into multifamily with the intention of doing forced appreciation, right? Mm. I mean, that was my intention and my husband and I's intention as well. So from going from that to that, to just pure appreciation play is, mm. is a hard one. But Got like it. we said, we know there's enough people in the world. Some people will go that way. Some people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> it's just comfortable you are in investing, right? So. Right. My next question for you was actually, so the, in, in, our, in this podcast, what we're doing this week is we are talking about uh, cash flow versus equity, which is a great transition, because uh, I think for people who are starting out, they may not fully understand the connection between cash flow and equity and how it works in multifamily, right? So in single family, there is no connection between cash flow and equity, right? Your equity is simply driven by the market itself. In multifamily, you're, you know, you're, I wouldn't say cash flow, but your income uh, is driving your equity and which is why you and I do value add where you mm-hmm. force the income up, you force the equity up. How has that perspective changed from when you first started, you know, or has it changed at all? So for me personally, when I first started, I just wanted cash flow. And, you know, I was like, okay, I'll do whatever it takes to increase the cash flow. But then what I realized was, you know, equity is the bigger chunk of money sitting right there, ready to go, right? And so if you force the income up, your equity is going up by a multiple. And that I, I, what I recognized was, okay, I need to sell so I can unlock the equity and, you know, keep investing. And so I believe in selling a few and rolling them into larger number of units and, you know, building your portfolio that way. So for me personally, I do keep an eye on equity much more, at least in the initial stages than, than cash flow, but they're connected in multifamily. So you can't take your eyes off of either of them. Yeah. But how has your personal investing changed from when you first started syndication to, to today? Uh, it has not changed much. People look at cash and cash, right? And yes. people look at total return. But I like to look at another indicator called return off on your equity. Equity, yeah. Right? So if you have built so much equity because you're doing value add, Right. You are basically have a trapped money, right? Money, yeah. So I don't like to sell, but I like to refinance. Okay. So when you refinance, you actually reduce that equity and take out some cash, tax-free Correct. cash, back, right? So, yeah. so I always like to do that so that I can have the same return, the higher return on equity. Right. Right. We want to use leverage as much as possible. We want to take loan as much as possible. But at the same time, we do not want to keep too much equity. And I mean, cash and cash is good, but cash is just a small portion. Small sure. portion, right? So the big chunk is on the equity. Right. And um, yeah, it does not change, but I like to look at return on equity as yes. for myself. And yeah, that's I- a very valuable point, James. A lot of people, at least in the Bay Area, they're stuck with properties that have appreciated a lot. They yeah. have equity. And they're so happy, in, right? And they're very happy, but the truth is their return <laughs> on equity is like 1% or less yeah, than 1%. Yeah, yeah. It's very small, but they think, you know, I paid off this house or I paid off yeah, something. Yeah. And so they feel really good. But the truth is, what is your return on equity? It's really small. So in yeah. your case, what do you, so do, are you refinancing out of your syndications or are you talking about your personal stuff? I, I do both. Both. Okay. <laughs> like so my you house return already. <laughs> some capital on your, to your investors uh-huh. and basically they get, and then you take the rest of the money, your, your GP share of the money and then invested, reinvested or can you explain? Yeah. That a yeah. Bit? I mean, well, I mean, I don't know whether personally or not, but basically we like to refi and we like to pay our investors. 
Okay. And we also like to. Uh, you know, do you buy out your investors or do you just pay them? No, we don't stay? buy out. We keep them okay. in Mercedes. Yeah, okay. yeah, I know some people do that, but we have not. <laughs> we, we we don't do that. We like to keep investors okay. as it is, which is a golden investment, right? Right. Because like after a gold, that, golden goose, them. which is golden goose, keep on giving eggs, right? And that's what right. investors love. And yeah, we like to keep the investors uh, on our deals, and we like to refi, and everybody's happy, and we move on to the next deal while okay. keeping the earlier deal as it is, right? So right. it's no point of selling because value add is a it's a lot of hard work, right? I'm sure it's getting value add. I mean, yeah. you want to do so much hard work, and you want to sell in three years, and you want to pay tax on it. What's the point, right? I mean, you have to redo again. You have to find another deal right. for three years, right? So it's a lot of work for you know you're busy for nothing. Yeah. Right, you rather go and do a stock market or what, right? Because you you're not busy. You, you just you know do a Robin Hood or what, and you're done. Right. Real estate, you know, it makes you really makes you really good money, but it's a lot of hard work. But you cannot be like playing it like a stock market. Correct, correct. Right? You don't so want to be in and out too quick because you you know lose when the big run up happens. Yeah, yeah, and also right. all the tax benefit that's written by the Congress for real estate investors is written for long term play, correct. not for short term play, right? Yeah, yeah. All the depreciation, cost segregation, all that's for long term play, right? So it's right. not for short term. We're play. still able to unlock it, just FYI. Even mm-hmm. on two to three year you know holes, mm-hmm. it's still enough to unlock most of the value, most of the tax dollar value is what correct. I mean. But but if you but, wanna yeah, if you wanna get long term benefit, yeah, yeah. To benefit. your point, the long term benefit really comes from holding long term if the location is great and you're able to refi most of your cash out then mm. why not yeah 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 i mean if a deal is paying you so have like, you ever sold At i sold one deal sold? which is i sold wow. one deal after four years we made like 330 percent out of it okay and the only reason we sold is because it's too small to manage it was 45 units right so too small right. to manage and all our managers are like oh i don't want to go to that small property and my maintenance guy don't want to go to that small <laughs> i said okay we're going to sell it because we don't have time to manage it right so when we start Got buying it. bigger deals so okay uh, but if a deal is cash flowing and if i know there's a lot of equity being built up and i, and I have good capital capital in our account right. just keep on cash flowing why you want to sell yeah right uh, i mean you have to sell you have to go and buy another deal right, uh, it's, right. It's, your time you know your return on your effort is very low in that case correct Right. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes, that so. is true. Yes. And and I think that's that's what ultimately, you know, uh, also brings the beauty of syndication is mm-hmm. if you have enough equity and value add, is if you have enough equity to refi your, your money mm-hmm. out, then you're not forced to sell at any point in time because yeah. your your investors are not waiting on you to get, get the money back. Correct. They'll just, you know, unlock it whenever you decide to sell. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, like you said, the golden goose. <laughs> yeah, why you want to kill it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Very a brick and mortar stuff. thing, right? It's a brick and mortar thing, right? It's not going to move anywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can drive so, around and show people that this is, I'm part of this. Yes. Stock market, you can't do that, right? You, you cannot do that. You have to look at the cloud and say that my stock is somewhere in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think the people who ultimately invest in real estate like that tangible feel mm-hmm. of real estate. And even yeah. even those who invest passively too have that same sense of, you know, that pride of ownership. And that's what I tell some, some of the new folks is I tell them, you know, at least drive to a property, like walk around and see how you feel. If you feel pride, that means you're meant for real estate. If you feel like, oh no, oh shit, like this is terrible. I don't want to do this. Then that means this is not for you. (laughs) And that maybe, you know, stock market is fine. (laughs) So you definitely, I agree with you that there's a component that is tangible and it's real Mm -hmm. and it's right there. Absolutely. So what's next for you, James? Like, how are you, how do you see achieve 
uh, investment growing over the next uh, couple of years. So yeah. yeah, we are looking more opportunities, but I do not know where the opportunities are going to be coming from. Of course, we can. I can say that I want to buy ten thousand units, twenty thousand units, but I do not right. want to buy the wrong deals. You see, correct. Right. So it's all about income that you generate from your current operation and your future deals. So so as long as the deal makes sense, we'll keep on buying. Yeah. Are, do you feel interested. the pressure to have? more deals or do you feel like no i'm good I, i'll do them no i'm right. good i'm good yeah. i mean we have you know we have good income coming in yeah and i don't have the pressure but i think the pressure I mean, we you know we do a lot of uh, charity work and all that we want to keep on increasing that work mm. and that's where the pressure is which is a good good pressure it's a good right? kind of pressure yeah <laughs> yeah correct right yeah and yeah. i think if you're in real estate like you said you're venturing into like the hotel conversions and development mm-hmm. there's always that little challenge where you can push the limits a little bit and see you know what yeah. which one really gives me better returns and absolutely scale that do, because there's always a cycle yeah right? do things that other people are not doing yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> right so that's good but we are creating a corporate office here in austin okay and uh, you know uh, we're going to increasing we are increasing our corporate uh, staffing as well so that we can keep okay. on growing absolutely so in what 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 sense do you mean corporate staffing as in Uh, what are what are their roles like i well, like you, we have a property management uh, ceo oh, okay. and uh, okay. you know accounting and uh, you know our ex, ex, uh, my analysts and all that these other things that we are looking at got it got it very cool that always helps take yeah. some stuff off your plate absolutely <laughs> one looking for more deals right so yeah fantastic so thank you so much for james and and if there's any last parting words we'd love to hear that from you where uh, can people find you and Yeah, Please let so, us know a little bit more absolutely. about that. Absolutely, my my website is achieveinvestmentgroup.com. Achieve is like achieving a goal. A C H I E V E achieveinvestmentgroup.com. My email is james at achieveinvestmentgroup.com. Uh, and if anybody want to be in our email list to see the deals that we bring in, uh, just go to my website. There's an invest with us button and click on it and register there. And if you want to get my book, which is a best-selling book, uh, Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate. it's uh, sold as $20 in amazon uh, it has 81 five star reviews uh, but you can get it for free i uh, just pay like $4 shipping if you go to passiveinvestinginrealestate.com passiveinvestinginrealestate.com and you should be able to get the book for free amazing thank you so much james that's a lot of uh, value that you added to our our listeners and uh, you know you gave us your book uh, <laughs> so that i i'm sure people who you know listen to this can go and find you there and reach yeah. out to you if they want to invest in the texas market i know and i can you know say this with uh, enough confidence that james does real value add <laughs> because yeah. when i first looked into syndication because when my husband and i started we were just like you know we wanted to invest our own money but when i first got into syndication i found you and shanti and i was like oh, oh really? they're just like <laughs> us and they started out you know their own stuff and then they are, are you are you doing the hard work or he's doing the hard work come on who who, who does the harder work <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i can answer that question so i do most of the acquisition side of things oh um, he's doing the harder work then <laughs> and he's doing the execution well oh. you told me she shanti is doing the harder one so yeah, yeah, i don't yeah. know about that So yeah, he like, is harder. <laughs> yeah, he does the talking to the contractors and you know, oh, things like that. Oh, that is hard. That is uh, hard. Yeah, I I prefer doing the phone calls with the brokers and okay, finding okay. deals and things like so that. So you're doing like what I'm doing, the easier work. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. give credit to your husband. Yeah, that's because I also need to watch my kids, right? Someone needs <laughs> oh, to keep yeah, an yeah, eye yeah, on absolutely. the kids. Yeah. So there's certain that's things true. I have no time constraints, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's hard. I mean, especially when you have kids and all, it's very difficult. So yeah, appreciate that. Anyway, amazing having you on. Thanks James. Absolutely.